push the buttons. Welcome, everybody. It's No Driving Gloves. Derek, John, and Will are coming at you again. Try to do this a little bit morning radio style. I don't know. What's happening, guys? What's going on out there? Oh, you know, just waking up, drinking my coffee. Probably going to put on some uh, Rage Against the Machine to get my blood flowing a little bit faster. It sounds like a Wednesday night. You know, you know, you know, you know, can I, can I just say something here, guys? Uh, I just had a, a horrible evening last night and uh, I'm, gl- I'm, gl- I'm glad we're all back together this morning and uh, we get to talk about cars again. <laughs> That's a pretty good radio voice. Yeah, at least one of us could have a radio job. You gotta have uh, multi-talented skills on my end because I never know when I might get canned from a job. Well, on those notes, do we have anything exciting going on? I'm kind of actually working like crazy doing uh, like 12-hour days. It's almost like I work at Will's shop or something, you know, getting up to that 12, 16-hour range that he does, trying to finish up a car by the end of G- or, excuse me, December. we got a couple projects that we really like to wrap up this year, and we're kind of going at it. Other than that, I'm not doing much. Either one of you, or is it just a nice, re- relaxing December? Uh, no, I've been basically doing the same thing um, early mornings, late nights, because not that we're trying to wrap anything up by the end of the year, but in basically in January, we're going to ramp up and start some of the exhibit renovations at the museum. So I've got a whole bunch of work waiting to uh, kick off in January, and I got to be ready for it. Um, when's the, the last date for the Louis to Le Mans exhibit? Uh, Louis de Lamont exhibit ends on, let me pull a calendar up so I don't get this wrong. January 6th, okay. 2019. We might, uh, we might leave a little early Friday and try to run through there. I'd like to see that. You better. Maybe I'll try to hit that on the way back from the North, uh, after Christmas. We'll be, should, should be driving through that area on the 31st, I think. You guys open on the 31st? Mm, yes. We we close we, we close on the twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and first. So, I think that's I think that's our schedule as well. Well, we'll be heading up to the uh, PRI show in Indianapolis on Friday. That's kind of what we're getting geared up, ready to do, trying to wrap up the forty two Chevy truck project and get it home to the owner. Uh, hopefully, by the end of Next week that'll be uh, that'll be uh, going home and a few other little projects we're trying to get finished up and get out of the shop hopefully by the first of the year so we can bring in some new projects. Kind of uh, exciting to see what you might have around the corner. We we know you got that bubble top going right now and a, a couple of things like that and I never know what's going to come out of the big oak. No the. The stuff that'll be coming in will be smaller stuff, doing uh, an LS swap on a 39 Pontiac, and uh, looks like we got a WS6 coming in for uh, pull the motor out and hop it up a little bit and do a custom tune and stuff like that on. You know, as far as big projects, hopefully they'll, you know, there'll be a couple coming in later in the year. But we're pretty full up on, you know, full builds, big, crazy projects. So I'm going to say you got that 60 Impala coming in for Tony, where you're going to try to make it the ugliest 60 Impala. 
talked about a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty fun, actually. I wish I had a spare quarter million dollars. That does sound like a, you know, interesting thing that you can do is how ugly can you make make a car? I'm going to say I don't think anybody's done that since maybe George Barris. <laughs> I don't know. You go to SEMA. There's some uh, there's some stuff out there, and you're just like, man, what what were these guys thinking? Did you? Why? You don't even have to go to SEMA. Just go to your local car show or car cruise. <laughs> yeah, true. I was say that SEMA thing. There was a, about the time SEMA was going on. There was that photo or a couple of photos going around uh, Facebook. Did you happen to see whatever it was an orange vehicle, some sort of Jeep that you know? However, they held the chicken to uh, poop the welds out. I don't know if you saw any of that footage or th- those cars. I mean, I'm not the world's best welder, but it's just like the guy had metal chewing gum and stuck the tubes together. Kind of just wandering off there. I'm sorry. Maybe there, maybe that was the look he was going for, though. <laughs> there, there used to be a show. It, it didn't air very long. Pitbull and Leepu. I love Pitbull and Leepu. <laughs> oh, my God. That Mustang that they built. Oh, Lord. Man, they murdered that thing. I mean, oh, it was terrible. Hey, but he always sold them for a profit at the end of the show. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sure, you know. Ooh. So, in a way of looking at Christmas, in a d- different way, you know, everybody does their Christmas. Oh, what do I want for Christmas? Uh, what tools would we like? I think we even did one of those shows last year. Yeah, yeah, we did. I wanted to go back to the old Sears wish book. I think we're we're of the generation. Maybe some of our younger listeners don't know the the joys of getting the J.C. Penney catalog and the Sears catalog and flipping right to the back and going through all the you know Barbie dream houses and kitchen things and um, easy bake ovens that we all wanted. Oh, excuse me. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> all the Hot oh, Wheels. And, uh, how did you know? How did you know Will had an easy bake oven? Hey, his his excuse is he was just learning how to powder coat that young. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What about my unicorn tricycle that I had? What's my excuse for that? Wow, I big wheels, green mean green machines, and you know that's probably why we have drifters today. Is if you remember the mean green machine, but. Well, what kind of toys did any of us grow up with? I mean, I think the toys of our lives might have dictated our careers, you know. Uh, were they, you know, or, you know, okay. I carried a briefcase in fourth grade, and I was kind of geekish then, even more so now. No. <laughs> no. But, uh, you know, somehow I ended up working on cars and uh, had my fair share of uh, enjoyable toys. Um, where did you guys come from and what kind of toys? And by where did so, you come from? What planet? Men in Black, this a little bit. You still there, Derek? Your eyes are blinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how I want to approach that whole uh, where I came from thing. <laughs> um, just gloss over yeah. it. And... Yeah, I'll just gloss over it. I came from Earth. That's all you need to know. <clears throat> I don't but, believe you. 
look, if I told people the truth, many people would have to die. Okay. So, uh, one of my favorite toys uh, as a kid, and I, I still, for some reason, I, I think we all like to return to our childhood in, in some aspect, in some way, but I don't know if any of you guys remember these, because some people do, some people don't. There was a set of toys, uh, toy trucks, and they came with a track that you could run them on. They're ba- battery-powered four-wheel drive trucks, and they were called Stompers. Do either of you guys remember those? Nope. I, I remember the names and such. Yeah. So I had a set of those with the off-road course and it had the swinging bridges and like the, you know, the off-road two track looking thing and I'd climb the mountain and it was just, they were so cool. I don't know why. Cause they were just little battery powered trucks that you'd turn on, set them down on the track and they just run on the track and climb up the mountain and do all this. But I mean, it was just driving itself around i mean there wasn't really any interacting with it that much other than pick it up and move it to another spot still to this day i absolutely remember just having a blast with those things i've I've been tempted a couple times to buy a set of them again just to kind of relive my childhood and uh, I, i i've found them in the past here and there but it's it's sometimes kind of hard to find them well, my quick Google search, because I figured I'd go ahead and pull some pictures of them and maybe Instagram these things out. Uh, Corvette Museum must pay pretty good because these things are ranging anywhere between 200 bucks and $450, $600 on eBay. And that's the reason I don't own a set right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yep, yeah, I, I do remember these things. Oh, here's a whole case of them, all on the cards and such. I don't know why you would do this. Oh, here's the brown uh, Corvette Stomper. <laughs> oh, there was a Corvette one. I never had that. I just had the pickup trucks. Yeah, well, no, yep, no, Corvette Rough Rider 4x4 Stomper. You I can... might just have to get just that one just for just to have it and put it in my office. Well, I was going to say go that... to Corvette Museum. I was thinking that's a uh, business expense. You should be able to put that on the corporate card. Yeah, actually, acquisitions fund. It's for the collection. Exactly. <laughs> what you know, I should probably, I should probably j- double check the collection. We might have it in storage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. That happens all the time with us too. You know, oh, oh, we didn't realize we had. You know, we've got like a five thousand square foot warehouse of toys and books and things that we didn't realize we had a lot of this stuff. One of my favorite toys that I played with more than anything was just the little cheap slot car tracks and man i'd play with I'd, i would wear the little contacts out and then i remember one christmas i got one that you could actually you could change lanes you know i think it was a nascar one man i remember you know wearing the tires off them things i had an uncle that my dad wasn't real good at fixing little little small stuff and I had an uncle that would come down. They'd come down once or twice a year, and he'd he'd come down there with me, and you know, fix all the little cars that was wrong with them and stuff like that. But man, I played played with slot cars a ton. That was probably my favorite toy as a, as a kid. That's something I keep wanting to get back into. Slot, I always wanted slot cars when I was a kid and never got lucky like that. My brother had the Dukes of Hazard 
uh, slot car set where it had a little jump. It's like a figure eight with a jump in the middle. So you jump the General Lee, and you know, occasionally it would actually work. I was going to say, how in the world did they get it to land back in the slot? That'd be impossible. It would jump one direction, and then the slot that it landed in on the other side was kind of V-shaped a little bit. So hopefully it landed. It never happened. We (laughs) we crashed a lot of General Lees and police cars at that that time. I just found one of those on eBay. Those are a little bit more affordable than uh, your toys. $110 for a set. 13 feet, 6 inches of track. Sets up in a 5 foot by 3 foot layout. Featuring the bridge stunt jump. Ta-da! Now, memorable toys for me. I did. I guess I, I did a lot of, you know, everything. I had my erector set, and I think that's probably where I get a lot of my assembly things in that, is I had the old erector set. I go over my grandparents, and they had my dad's old 50s-era erector sets with even sharper pieces, and they were flat pieces of steel with the holes in them. And my erector set, the edges kind of tapered down so they weren't quite as sharp, and I think it actually had a countersunk screw holes and stuff things and my first experience with the transmission because you put the electric motor on this little gear box and then you could make cranes that would raise and lower and it was creative is of course you had the toys that you built from the little booklet that came with the erector set but i remember building buildings and elevators and bridges and stuff for my hot wheels you know that's another toy that i really got into and my brother got into and as we say, I and have discussed in shows, as I'm an aspiring hoarder, and I still have all about 500 Hot Wheel cars my brother and I had. None of them are on cards. None of them that way. You know the or the Facebook meme joke. Our obsession started with a you know 96 cent purchase. Well, we paid 81 cents for our Hot Wheels. Walk to Kmart, buy a couple of Hot Wheels, come home with them, and. We had races in the backyard. We had the the whole, my brother had the whole village and the little Hot Wheels set. Uh, Spent a lot of time uh, doing junior entrepreneur stuff because we'd have money and who was rich and who wasn't. And I guess spent a lot of time with Hot Wheels and Erector sets just building and creating things. So your brother would get the Ferrari and you'd get the Chevette Hot Wheel and that's, you'd drive around town? I uh, remember we had a, a gold Chevette with uh, metal flake paint, I think. And I think we had a two-tone one that was like white over red. Not Chevette, sorry, Citations. Let me get the things oh, right Oh, yes, even better. And I, I was listening to a, another podcast recently, and they were talking about building something. Uh, oh, they were talking about putting a Hemi in a uh, a Gremlin. And I got thinking, you know, there's a car for Will to build. Do you remember the Pack and Pacer Hot Wheel car? Obviously. Obviously not? I, I honestly, I, I, I didn't have a whole lot of Hot Wheels cars. I did a lot of model cars, but I didn't really have a lot of, um, a lot of memorable Hot Wheel cars. I'll say that. Now, the Pack and Pacer was an orange car, and it said Pack and Pacer on the top of it, and it had... Uh, some sort of V8 in the back of it with the uh, exhaust coming out of where that the hatch glass would be. And I mean, somebody needs to build one of those again. 
we always had the belief when I was a kid that all Hot Wheel cars were based on a real car. And whether or not they were or not, I don't know. What do I want to say? Somebody should have built the Pack and Pacer. If not, somebody should. Let me see here. Big Oak Garage, next build. Yeah, there soon, we go. as soon as they're done with Tony's uh, ugly Impala, uh, John will send a quarter million dollars. So that got me talking about all this Hot Wheels stuff, John. It got me thinking, while well, you're looking up the Pack and Pacer stuff, I think we've talked on the podcast before that I grew up with with cars and stuff, but the other side of my family, my mom's side of the family are farmers. And one of the big toys that I had as a kid at grandma's house on the farm was, of course, all farm equipment. You know, all the Ertle toys, all the different big, you know, farm machinery that kids got to push around and play with. That was another thing I remember every Christmas, usually from from grandma and on that side, aunts, uncles getting some piece of farm equipment for and, you know, they had Hot Wheel size tractors and grinders and and all those things planners so i had all the different sizes everything from hot wheels up to whatever scale it was one sixteenth or 15th or whatever i would just i remember as a kid a lot of times just being at grandma's house and uh, you know get the tractor out and you got to hook up the the planner and go out and plant the field and you know grandma's carpet in the living room was the field and you'd have to drive up and down and make the rows to plant the plant the you know crops and then you know a couple hours later you'd get the the combine out because it had been you know magically a couple hours was a couple months and it was harvest time uh that was one of the other big things i did as a kid i had a lot of those toys too one of my cousins collected a lot of those tractors and things and uh, surprise, surprise, they're not on display yet because I'm still on packing and that for my move. But I have my old International Harvester Combine, my old Gleaner Combine toys, uh, the old Tonka Road Grader and the International uh, oh, yeah. Backhoes. And, and I've got a piece of furniture called a Shrunk. This isn't a furniture podcast, so we won't get into what a Shrunk is, but it's a display cabinet that... I usually display all of those little tractors and stuff in, and I've got the little John Deere things and that. Of course, my mom's side of the family, you know, they still farm thousands of acres. And part of my years were spent riding on a combine or tractor, planting, mm-hmm. harvesting, one day bailing hay. <laughs> my allergies did not go for that. I forgot about the tractors, but I do still display and play with those. See, and I didn't, you, you're, I guess you're lucky you got yours. Yeah, mine were handed down. I was the first grandson in the family. I was the first boy. My sister was before me and, and two cousins that were both uh, girls, you know, before me in the family. But then after me came two more grandsons. And so all of uh, those farm toys stayed on the farm back home and uh, they played with them. And now their kids, uh, you know, are, are playing with a lot of those toys that, you know, some of them broke over time and got tossed, but there's still a, a number of the toys at my grandma's house that my cousin's kids play with and, and goof off. So it's kind of nice to go back there every once in a while and see, 
you know, one of my cousin's boys playing with the toys and, and doing all that. The part of me does say kind of every once in a while, think I, I could probably sneak that out of here. I, I think I can get it out of here and nobody would notice. Oh, you thief, you. I know, especially from like my, you know, what would that be like my second cousin or whatever? I don't know that my cousin's kids, you know, just be like, take their toys, be like, hey, that was mine when I was your age. Give that to me. That's a life lesson you're teaching them. The sacrifice, the sense of loss, that it's an educational experience. I encourage you to do that this year on Christmas. And right of ownership. I owned that. I never sold that to my cousins and, and they had no right that that but, is I, I i hold title to those but was it given to you we don't need to talk about that <laughs> possession nine-tenths of the law there you go i i remember getting model cars and are we talking uh, die cast or plastic no, ones no, you had to put together the plastic ones you put together I remember getting a, uh, it was a 69 Camaro. I had a uh, Tom the Mongoose McEwen funny car. And so I took the big slicks and cut up the Camaro and put the slicks on the back of the Camaro and put the blown Hemi in the Camaro. And then I would try to get my mom and dad to buy certain model car kits just for the wheels or just for the motor or the interior and and try to build my own little custom car of course most of the time they wouldn't buy me the really the ones that i wanted but uh i i would i would you know within a the, the year or so i would get different ones and be able to build the car that I wanted to build so whether it was a pro street 69 camaro or it's kind of kind of sad that i i robbed all the parts from a tom the mongoose McEwen 57 chevy funny car model but uh anyway i had a lot of fun doing that as a kid and painting them different colors and mom and dad wouldn't hardly ever buy me the decent you know spray paint for the models i'd have to brush them and Never would really want to use the, you know, the decals that came with them. I'd, I'd, you know, try to paint my own stuff on there and didn't have the fine enough brushes to do the way I really wanted to do it. But anyway, that was kind of the first cars I really modified was, was model cars. And then, it, you know, it just transferred into what I do now, I guess. You just reminded me I've got... <laughs> Aspiring hoarder. I've got a couple of the model cars from, from my youth still kicking around along with, I started to go to metal ones a few years ago. And, but I do have a, a green Dodge van and a couple other things that, you know, we did the same thing. You modified, you painted, you never could paint them quite as well as the uh, boxes. And I still have a lot of respect for these guys that I see that are professional model builders. You'll buy a model kit, you'll send it to them, and then they'll put it together for you over the course of a year at, you know, some ungodly sum of money. Just a lot of patience there. And I think my model building led into, I always wanted a stretch limousine Hot Wheel that nobody ever made. And I found these... um, Rolls-Royce, like 51, 52 Rolls-Royce Hot Wheels or Matchbox cars at one point in time. 
and there was my first really customizing job, hacksawing them in half and stretching the wheelbase and gluing them back together and building these uh, stretch limousine Hot Wheels, kind of kind of model building on miniature. And now I kind of do that model building and uh, full scale. So never got out of that you one. Know, it's funny that you say you're an aspiring hoarder and you have a few of your uh, plastic model cars left. Uh, I not only have all of the plastic model cars I had as a kid still, uh, I also have the ones my dad built when he was younger, uh, which are, in my opinion, the cooler ones because they're like uh, 29 boat tail uh, Packard uh, Speedster Roadster, Duesenberg Town Car, Rolls Royce, Drophead Coupe, uh, the the really cool ones. And then mine from a kid are like a, oh gosh, a 35 through window coupe hot rod. Oh, well, I've got a couple airplanes. I used to really be into airplanes and built a couple. I got an A10 uh, Warthog, B, the, oh God, the Stealth Bomber, the B, what, B1 Stealth Bomber uh flying wing or was that a b2 that was a b2 wasn't it i know it's not it's not an aircraft uh podcast but well it was the b wasn't it the b1 bomber yeah i'm trying to remember i don't remember right now i'd have to look it up i literally have every even to the point where that 35 three window coupe i just talked about i only brought that home about a month ago because my parents were cleaning out like part of a closet in my old room and they found it and they were like uh can you take this back to your house with you and i was like yeah i'll take it you say you have all of yours probably have all of mine and i have some of my dad's and you talk about the older kits the one that sticks out of my head is he's got a he he's got he had a a square-bodied thunderbird but the plastic is so much nicer on them. The wheels are so, I mean, the whole quality of the model kit, uh, it's almost mm. a rubberized uh, plastic where, you know, even the stuff that I had in the 70s and 80s was this brittle, you know, hard plastic. It's just, again, the, the quality was so much better then. And I think now if you can find models in the store, a lot of times you're finding uh, die cast bodies and such and, I remember the tester, matter of fact, I could probably dig it out. Uh, tester model paint and the little wheel with 88 different colors. And yeah, now I'm feeling old. We actually uh, kind of got back into building model cars when we were in college in, in the dorm rooms there. And, you know, didn't really have a whole lot going on after school in McPherson, Kansas. So. We bought up some models and built that, and we never did really finish anything, I don't think, but we had fun. Oh, yeah. Some of mine from when I was a kid are still, like, new in the box. I never got to them, and uh, I still have hopes one day that I'll have enough time to set up a, a spot in the garage and or in the house and, and start building models again. I think it'd be a blast. They need They need to push that market a little bit more. You know, I think, I mean, if if, uh, if a kid ain't got a phone in his hand or in front of a TV or playing Fortnite or whatever, I mean, you know, it actually teaches them how to read directions and follow directions and put stuff together and, you know, get you kind of thinking outside the box a little bit, you know, and 
Anyway, we won't go down that road. Well, I was going to say, I, I was going <laughs> to probably, probably exactly what John's going to say is I think we actually talked about this on a podcast that, you know, that's where some of us learned our first skills in customizing or working on cars. Yeah. Now I was going to go with the, I've got a friend and I get a newsletter from him. He does a newsletter monthly on Lotus models and he does these exacting models and the whole newsletters on these exacting models. And I've got a couple of Facebook friends like that also that are doing, you know, models of guns or Star Wars things or just custom creatures and that. And I have a feeling that we're going to see a slight revitalization. It'll be nothing like the old um, days of modeling, but 3D printing really leans itself to model building and being able to do exact things. Um, Guy at work loves models, and I kind of like them. I just don't have the free time to deal with them. But our conversations are, the parts are missing or you can't get exactly what you want or the details not there. And now all of a sudden with the 3d printers, you know, and my 3d printer even is, you know, $200 3d printer. You can start designing and printing these little pieces for models. So maybe this piece of technology will help encourage, uh, Maybe that model building, you know, a lot of times if you have if you have a small 3D printer like I have and I can do a six by six by six object, but say I need something that's nine inches tall, you print it in two pieces. And now all of a sudden you're figuring out how to print it so it assembles. So I think, you know, kind of Will's wish is going to be there. Maybe not the exact same way. What they need to do is get these plastic models back going and a 3D printer and the parts that you don't have in the box that you want, you make. I want to take that a step further. Rather than even building a plastic model yeah, that you sell at the store. Well, right. Rather than a company doing one that they sell at store, why wouldn't the company just develop the uh, the program that would yeah, tell the printer what to print? And that's your new model car world. Yeah, there you go. We probably just made someone millions, by the way. A quick call, Tony. We got to figure out how to market this. Get him, get him on the line. Yes, let's get him on the line because he might be interested in this. <clears throat> Actually, doesn't sound like a bad idea. I mean, in this three D printing world, and here we go down this, which is one of my latest fun toys. Uh, there's all kinds of websites you can go to, and you can download the free things, and a lot of them are print in individual pieces, and some of the modifications to my three D printer are printed and they're printed in multiple pieces. And it's just, I like Derek's idea of, you know, you just buy a file and then you print, print everything. And maybe you can, you know, again, do you want this set of wheels or this set of wheels? So you print exactly what you want and, you know, go from there and you can print them individually and then color them however you want. Since 3d color printers are still extremely expensive, but, well, now that we've covered all of that and we went modern technology, uh, what are you know some of the other things? I remember I always wanted a go kart, and we hey, hang, on, hang on, hang on one second before you move any farther. If they were to have a model of the new Chevrolet truck that just come out, would you go buy it? Just yes or no? The one that just came out like today with the upside yeah. down grill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I mean, how can we not talk about it, right? <laughs> how can we not talk about it? I, I always wanted a go-kart when I was a kid. <laughs> and, oh. and of course, I wanted the little, you know, gasoline motor, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if my parents couldn't afford it or my parents were smarter than I thought they were and knowing I would kill myself or severely maim myself. And uh, if I had something that was powered, I mean... I was pretty irresponsible at 16 as a driver. Just think of me at 12. So my, I remember my grandfather and I, we built a uh, go-kart, took a wagon apart. So the thing sat like 10 inches off the ground and two-by-four frame with a plywood seat and plywood seat back and I steered it with rope. And that, that was my go-kart. But that's, you know, another good memory of, you know, my grandfather and, building something with my hands. It's one of the first things, I say, quote, first car I ever painted. It was black with a yellow stripe down the center of it because this was like 78 or 79, and I was a Steelers fan. You know, you were either a Cowboys fan or a Steelers fan. I, I was a Steelers fan at that point in time and can't remember really what happened to it. I'm sure I disassembled it to build a cart or build something else out of it. I uh, kind of wish I had it back. It's just, it's all memories now. I guess my mom probably has photographs of it. Uh, maybe I should build another one. <laughs> yeah, Not only do I hoard, now I'm making things that you know, to hoard. You know, is there any of those little uh, grandfather, grandson, father-son projects that kick around from your toys of your youth? Well, before we go too much further here, <clears throat> I just want to say that I don't, think, ma- you don't know, mention as, the new Chevy as truck. A, as a <laughs> hoarder, uh, when you have all that stuff, you need a truck to haul it. And, um, you know, the Chevy is coming out with a new new truck. I was just wondering what you guys are thinking about it. Yeah, John, what do you think about that new Chevrolet truck? I'm not allowed to think about new cars. The girlfriend has put her foot down. Um buying a Taurus in January and a Transit Connect in, was that September? I'm not supposed to buy another car for, well, she hasn't given me a time period, but I do not believe the Chevy new Chevy truck will be high on the list. I've only seen pictures. I haven't seen reviews. So anyway, what was your question about father, son, grandfather, son, what, or grandfather, grandson, what, what were we talking about? I'm sorry, I have forgotten everything in the last five minutes trying to forget the new Chevy truck. <laughs> I know you mentioned something about a go-kart. I remember a pretty cool Christmas present that I got one year. I got a Honda Odyssey. It was... Uh, <laughs> it I was, I remember the Odysseys. Yeah, it, it wasn't a new one. It was it was one that was a couple of years old, and, and uh, it was kind of... Uh, kind of a project you know um but i was i think i was 10 or 11 when we got it and uh you know we'd me and my dad would get out there and work on it some and uh seemed like we worked on it a lot more than we wrote it but that was a that was a pretty cool gift one of the guys that worked for my dad was big into three-wheeling and again this is 79 81 and had the ATC. 80 the 90 the 110 and finally got the 250 and uh he had some friends with brand new odysseys at the time and those things were just 
scary fast. Uh, my brother and I, uh, my, I guess this would have been our go-kart. My brother and I received a um, Suzuki 50 three-wheeler and rode that around. You know, it was kind of a single speed thing. And we pulled the muffler apart to, you know, get an extra, you know, third of a horsepower or whatever out of that 50 cc motor and wore out a lot of grass on that thing but i guess there's another toy uh that's probably the extent of my motorcycling though as a youth was on on a three-wheeler and i never got killed i do remember once that you know i knew my brother would not run me over and he barreled straight into me and ran me over with the damn thing i lived to tell about it i want to bring three-wheelers back it's kind of funny it, Vintage Festival, walking around the swap meet and that, I keep seeing the little yellow Suzuki 53 wheelers. I know ours cost $495, and with tax, it was just over five. And I just want to say something so my screen gets big and y'all can see. (laughs) That's nice and blurry right there. There you go. How about that? There it is. There it is. (laughs) Well, this is a family-oriented podcast. You can't put things that look like that on the screen. I'm I'm sorry you hate that truck so bad. I don't necessarily hate it. Like I said, I haven't looked at it too much, but another hot rod builder I know uh, made the comment that they made they put the face on upside down, and I think and I just can't get that out of my head. I think the grill's I, upside down. I'm I'm I have uh I'm not saying I don't like it. But I'm not saying I like it. I want to wait till I see one in person and really walk around it and look at it, you know, because you're seeing images of the work truck and you're seeing images of the high end truck and you never really know what it's going to look like till you see one rolling down the road anyway. No, it's going to be ugly. It's a Chevy. Well, the aftermarket, oh. the, the aftermarket grill company ought to have fun. Because yeah, they didn't see anything like that on the horizon. You know, speaking of trucks, I had a remote controlled truck when I was a kid. I remembered I wanted a remote control vehicle in the worst way, and I finally got one. I should probably look. Eh, it probably got sold at a garage sale. Yeah, but it did. But it was cool. It was it was a jacked up four wheel drive pickup. Man, I beat the snot out of that thing, running around outside, jumping off things, flipping it off the deck, smashing into trees. I'd do anything with that thing. That was actually pretty fun. Do you guys ever have any remote control cars? You're making me think I was a spoiled kid because guess what? <laughs> I remember having... You had a- like 40 of them, right? <laughs> I had uh, one of the... F- I'm trying to remember. One of the first ones I had was a black Corvette, uh, probably a... 75 77 model it wasn't the glass window car it was the vertical window and it was one of those that one would actually steer right and left as it went forward uh some of my earlier ones were the only ones that would turn in reverse and they had that little wheel thing so they go forward or if you put them in reverse they would kind of go in a circle and the last one i had was one of the off-road ones with the Uh, you know, upgradable suspension and stuff. And the house we lived in, there was an area that you could reach one of the roofs over one of the patios and uh, 
put the car on the roof and we would jump roof to roof or jump it off the roof or things like that. So, yeah, I, I spent a little bit of time with remote control cars, maybe not as much. I've got a friend now that uh, there's a big there's, there's a big slot car track in town. And there's also a big RC car hobby in town with some various tracks. And it's tempting, but much like slot cars and that, it's probably a black hole. I don't need to be spending money money mm-hmm. in because, like anything else, if I'm going to do it, I want to win. <laughs> the only really remote control car, I mean, I had a bunch of them, but I'd always get the cheap, crappy ones. The ones that you had to back up to turn, you know, like you're talking about, they go in a yep. circle when you back up. Yeah, you know, I I never had a, I never had a real, you know, what I'd call a real remote control car. Um, but you know, I mean, we had fun with them, and I remember I had a red Corvette one time. Windows were all murdered out, and that way I think we, I, I think I painted the wheels black, and you know. I was murdering stuff out when I was, you know, five years old. <laughs> You've always been on the cutting edge. We've talked about your design abilities. Get lucky sometimes. I'm going to say that's kind of been an interesting uh, trip down memory lane. I hope some of the listeners will comment back to this uh, uh, podcast uh, post on Facebook and uh, maybe throw out some of those toys and John will say, oh, I had one of those, and I had one of those. And I'd post pictures a lot of this stuff, but it's gotten cold here again. So if it warms up, uh, a lot of the stuff's in my warehouse, and it's just too cold to dig the stuff out and take the pictures of it. And I still have the Corvette that we talked about, the remote control car. I don't have the four-wheel drive one. Got the tractors and stuff. But Derek can probably just quickly snap some pictures of his models. I'm sure he's got it on display next to his clock collection. Uh, uh, no, they're in the attic, buried in a box. <laughs> it's warm up there, though. I might be able to get to them if I have time. But if I will say, if any of the listeners want to send me some stompers as a Christmas gift, uh, that yeah, I'd be happy to happy to receive them. You just go ahead and post them to you at the Corvette Museum, right? Especially if it's the Corvette. Now, I'm gonna. If you're buying buying the stuff, I want a new Sig, uh, three six five. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, what was that you just <laughs> asked for? A uh, a pistol. Oh. Yeah. I I, I only heard three six five, and I was thinking more Ferrari than. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> take one of those too, but. You know, I couldn't afford to work on it, but hey, it looked cool sitting here. Me, I, I'm a giver since obviously we've established I was spoiled. I, I don't need anything this year. I have too much stuff. Well, in that case, what are you giving uh, me and Will for Christmas, seeing you're a giver? Uh, we didn't get any Christmas gifts last year. I didn't get a list. I only give presents when I get lists. Um, But I do have... An idea. So maybe you guys will get something. A more rigorous recording schedule? That's my guess. Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm going to bo- get you both the Trello app for your various smartphones, and that will make uh, communication about the podcast so much easier. I've already downloaded it. 
Okay. <laughs> See, I already gave it to you. Yep, you've got it. Well, with that, I'm going to leave it a little bit short episode tonight. I know it's Christmas season. We're all busy, and you're out running errands, hoping for another 10 minutes of the No Driving Gloves podcast. But we've got some state changes in store for you at the uh, first of the year. I'll remind everybody we're going to be here on every Monday throughout the rest of the year, with the exception there will not be a release on December 24th. Until then, I'm going to duck out of here. Quack, quack. That's our show for the evening, folks. Uh, My mom's here. She's my ride, so I got to go. Your mom. (laughs) You said mom. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>